0: This is Bobby Guy with the 10-Minute Health BizCast. This is album four, track one. Welcome to album four of the 10-Minute Health BizCast, creating next-gen healthcare companies. We're very excited about this album and we'll be releasing a track each week for the next few months. On albums one and two, we open with an introductory track, where we give an overview of the album and how it integrates with our vision of US healthcare. And then we go about interviewing guests about different areas of healthcare. On album three, we paused from interviews and gave a narrative of our overarching theory of US healthcare, explaining the two major dilemmas in healthcare identifying the trend lines of the last hundred years, and then discussing a paradigm for predicting the winners and losers over the next two decades. Now in album four, we've got an exciting slate of interviews, so we're going to jump right in. This album is all about creating and recreating the healthcare companies that will shape the next two decades of healthcare. We're going to start today with an interview that was so good, we didn't edit it. We just broke it into two parts as track one and two of this album. With us today is Lynn Katzman, who's the founder and CEO of Juniper Communities. Juniper is an owner, operator, and developer of senior living and long-term care communities. Lynn holds a PhD, and she has more awards than I can go into here. But I will mention the Lifetime Achievement Award from the American Seniors Housing Association for her substantial contributions to elder care. What are we going to talk about today? Well, while the elder care sector has been badly battered by COVID, both in its experience of the disease and in the press, what Lynn is doing is very interesting. I've been waiting to hear a cohesive new vision about what the sector can and will become after the pandemic. That vision is rare. Lynn has one, and it's something we should all hear. Lynn, thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks. You're very kind, Bobby. I so appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today.
0: So, you've built a leading senior living and long term care company, but you've continually adapted to the rapidly changing healthcare environment. Can you tell us about some of the innovations you've pursued?
1: I'd be happy to. I think innovation and change just makes me go. And so it's been a part of Juniper and my activities for over the last 30 years. And I promise I won't go back 30 years at this (laughs) point in time. But I'll tell you about a couple of the things that we've done over the last several years. And I'll probably want to add just a little bit of what we've done over COVID because I think some of it, involved some leadership and we're very proud of what we were accomplishing during that time as well. So in terms of some of the innovations we've done, you know, when the Affordable Care Act came into being back in 2010, it scared a lot of people. At one point we decided, well, you know, we're gonna need to learn about this. And we dug into the thousands of pages, that were written and saw some very interesting things. We saw something written about hospital readmission penalties and also about care transitions as being the vehicle to save money or deal with what could be a disaster for hospitals in terms of readmission. So moving from one level of care to the other. And we realized that we in Senior Living, for, the, for those people who are most frail and have the greatest number of chronic conditions and therefore often at greatest risk for hospitalization and readmission, they were our people. And Senior Living was already doing so much of what was needed in terms of care transitions. So we assessed people, we developed care plans we monitored them. And by law, in most states, we're, we were required to make sure that certain things happened both when they went to another level of care and when they came back. And so if you think about it, much of what was written into that law as the answer, as the solution to the problem, we already did. But there was a problem. Nobody saw us as part of the health care continuum. And that made sense as well because we're not paid by Medicare and Medicaid, at least on the assisted living and memory care side. SNPs are, slight, are, are different, but on the senior living, meaning both assisted living memory care and IL-2, piece of uh, the equation or what we learned is that we needed to explain to people what we actually did. And it's not that we were hospitality or care, we didn't necessarily provide all the care that was needed, but we were required to coordinate things and to manage care transitions. So with that understanding, and with another key piece of the puzzle, we had implemented an electronic health record, which also was part of our review of the ACA. At the time, they said SNFs should have electronic health records by, I believe it was one Of course, the money didn't come, and so, it was never enforced, but we did it because we thought we'd have to. So we had an electronic record and we had this care transitions understanding and we put the two together. And so anytime someone left one of our buildings to go to another level of care, whether it was a doctor or a hospital, ER for a test, they went out with this green packet, your health information from Juniper. And what it was, was real-time information we printed out of their records off of our electronic health record system. And it it included med reconciliation and a variety of other things and people loved it. The program then evolved and we decided to put primary care on site and to integrate a host of other providers into using our real-time information platform. And so, we ended up with something which truly integrated care for those with chronic conditions. And that became known as Connect for Life and Connect for Life, we then had it evaluated. And we compared our experience on hospitalization and readmissions and emergency department utilization to a similar group of people living in the community. And we learned that we did a far better job at managing transitions than people did generally living in the community. And What that proved, Bobby, is that senior living actually is a very important part of the care continuum and that what we have to offer society, as well as residents, as well as other providers, is truly meaningful, it has real value, and that we need a seat at the table. And more importantly, we need a share of those dollars. And so we put together Connect for Life, we published the results, and then we went about looking for a way to capture that value. And at the time, it became clear that the only way to capture value was to control the healthcare dollar. And the only way that an operator like us could do that was by starting a Medicare Advantage plan. And so we did that with Perennial Advantage. So I think in terms of our innovations over the last decade, Those are the two that most people know about. And frankly, those are the two that I and my team are really proud of because I think they've showed to some other members of our industry and people beyond that, that we really are very good at helping people live healthy lives. And we can do that with better satisfaction, different type of care, less intensive care, non-medical care, if you will. And at a lower cost. And that to me is what the future is about. We need to be able to explain our value to people and then to get our fair share of the dollars that we save the government. In other words, find a new revenue stream. So that's, those are the things I would point to in terms of innovations, probably a long, too long answer to your question, but I'll leave it at that.
0: You know, I'm always amazed thinking about senior living, how it gets excluded from the healthcare continuum, because when you talk about chronic conditions and managing cost, that is what this industry does all the time, rather than just managing acute moments. And so I've always thought the models would come from this side.
1: Well, I think they will. And if you judge it by the interest of capital, outside of our interest, not real estate based capital, people are really beginning to look at this population, this subset of older adults, those with chronic conditions needing more complex management, and the opportunity that exists in doing that well using technology and different workflows.
0: This has been the 10 Minute Health BizCast, broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks for joining us.